Things of this world can get pretty wild. But I am convinced God is in control even of the evil governments of men that rise up. I'm also convinced that God does as he wills. And sometimes he has instruments of destruction to bring judgments upon people. I'm convinced of all this because of what I read in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah, and he did that which was right in the sight of God. But his son, Jehoram, did not do that which was right in the sight of God. Jehoram's wife was the daughter of evil king Ahab. When we see the name Ahab associated with someone in the Bible, we look for evil. For Ahab and his wife Jezebel excelled in evil works. And God had proclaimed that Ahab's descendants would be slain also. Jehu is chosen by God to be king of Israel and to kill the descendants of Ahab and also to kill Jezebel. God has his way to deal with this world. And the will of God will be done in this world. 2 Kings 8, in the twelfth year of Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Haziah, the son of Joram, king of Judah, begin to reign. Two and twenty years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Athala, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. And he walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. And he went with Jehoram, son of Ahab, to war against Haziel, king of Syria, in Ramoth-Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Jehoram. And the king Jehoram went back to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds which the Syrians had given him at Ramah. And Haziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel, because he was sick. Both of the nations of Judah and Israel often do evil in the sight of God. God will raise up a destroyer to deal with the house of Ahab and his descendants, and that destroyer is Jehu. 2 Kings 9, Prophecy of God over Jehu. And thou shalt smite the house of Ahab thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, 
and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, says God, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam and like the house of Baasha. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. Well, there actually will be none of Jezebel to bury because the dogs eat all of the flesh of Jezebel. Second Kings 9 And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face, and she teared her hair, and looked out at a window, expecting favor to come to her. But Jehu lifted up his face to the window. The window was on, as I understand it, a second story. He lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs. And he said concerning Jezebel, Throw her down. So they threw her out the window. And she fell to the ground and died. And some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses. And then Jehu trod her underfoot with his own horse. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, Go now, see this cursed woman, Jezebel, and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. There was a prophecy over Jezebel that this is what would happen to her, because she had killed the prophets of God, and she tried to kill Elijah. 1 Kings 21:23 And of Jezebel also spake the Lord saying The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel Earlier God shows the prophet Elijah the following 1 Kings 19 And the Lord said unto Elijah Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shephat, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass, that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. God destroys the house of the wicked, 
and God tells his prophets of that destruction which is to come to the wicked. God has his instruments of destruction to deal with the people who do wicked acts. In the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul speaks to us and warns us, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, of God, of Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I've heard people in churches say, oh, that's under the blood of Jesus. Don't worry about that. As if you can go out and do whatever sin you want to as a Christian, and you'll be all right. And that is not true. For if you go out after you become a Christian and commit sins willfully, there's no more sacrifice for your sin because it would crucify Jesus afresh. I'm quoting from Hebrews chapter 10. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 2 says, It would be better never to have known the way of righteousness than to turn from it and do these sins. Because that's like a dog returning to eat his own vomit. That's 2 Peter chapter 2. And Hebrews chapter 6 says it's impossible to restore those people who have turned deliberately, willfully from the word of God because there's no more sacrifice for their sins. They crucify Jesus afresh if they know what they're doing is sin and they willfully do it. This is a very serious judgment. You can read that once again in Hebrews 10, start at verse 25. You can read at the end of 2 Peter 2. And you can read Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 4. But the doctrines being taught in some of the churches is for you to just go forward, accept Jesus, and then everything will be fine. And God forgives you everything and go out. And basically, if you do something against the Bible, God forgives you. He wants you to be happy. That's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. It is contrary to what we read in the Bible. So be warned. I don't know why you'd want to do past sins. I don't want to do my past sins. They were horrible and they were worthless and they brought destruction and I don't want to bring destruction upon myself and other people we are saved by the blood of Jesus but if we return to our sins after we have been enlightened that's when we would have to crucify Jesus afresh 
and there is no more sacrifice for sin if we do that after we've been enlightened. Once again, read Hebrews chapter 10, start at verse 25, 26. Read Second Peter chapter 2, down there at the end of the chapter, and read Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 4. For they all say the same thing. If we have been enlightened to the sin, and we choose to return to that sin, there's no more sacrifice for sin. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.